Did you know that uh, in ancient Greece, uh, it was the custom for the host to actually take the first sip of the wine to actually make sure that the wine is not poisoned? And that's actually where the phrase came, to your health, right? When we cheers, or we say in like in Afrikaans, we say gesondheid, or in Romanian, it's norok. Uh, we actually say these phrases because it came from that ancient custom in Greece to make sure that wine is not poisoned. Luckily, we don't live in those days anymore. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Um, welcome back to Better uh, Sommelier. Thank you very much for all the support. I uh, just want to off the bat say thanks to everybody that's been contacting uh, me and talking about what we are doing how we are doing it, uh, who's involved, what's the future plans, all these wonderful things. But yeah, just lots and lots of thank yous to everybody out there. Uh, it's amazing to see that, you know, we have a community of sommeliers that are alive, that are positive, that wants to make a change in the future. And I think this is just the start where we can actually build a lot of good collaborations and getting people to do uh, more as a sommelier, right? This is what we're in the game for, right? So uh, let's let's talk about something a little bit different today. There is something that we as sommeliers use to actually hone our skills. And one of them is to do blind tastings. Now, blind tastings is where we sit down, a wine is poured in front of you, and you have no clue what it is. And people will always ask you, okay, cool, where's the wine from? What's the grape variety, the country, the area? Um, what characteristics can you tell me about the wine? Take you through the whole process of what the wine is going to make you feel uh, and what's your perception of the wines. Now, one of the parts in that that is a key point that always that people, um, I, I think people tend to struggle with a little bit at the beginning is the part where you actually have to smell the wine. So things that you will pick up from its actual aromas and flavors. Now, the best advice I would love to give everybody is to actually do one thing first. Smell everything. That's step one. Step two, spend time with your chef. If you are blessed to be in the kitchen, go and spend time with your chef and say to him, I want to smell the spices, I want to smell when you cook stuff, I want to smell ingredients, this is key to me. As I said before as well, smell everything. Now, I was very blessed at an at a earlier age to actually be able to work with two amazing uh, sommeliers. One was Bashir Rahim, and the other one was uh, Tatiana Mursato. Now, Bashir was a very unique human being. He did not taste any wines. Uh, he actually only was a sommelier that smelled wines and that through the smell would recommend wines to people. For me, that was fascinating at the beginning of my career because I was like, how, how, how the hell can you do wines without actually tasting them? But he pulled it off. He did it. Because why? He had an immense uh, 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 smell uh, and sensory library to choose from and what he did was he just like literally consumed himself with getting smells 
into his library. Uh, he would smell everything. We would go outside. He would stand by the sea and go like, mm, do you smell the, you know, the, the seaweed? Do you smell the salty air? Do you smell the wild herbs growing around you? Do you smell the, uh, the, the, the grass under your feet? And I was just like, man, is this guy on cheap crack or what's going on here? And literally, it took me a while, but I realized what he was actually doing. And it was super incre incredible. The other person was Tatiana Mosato. She was a French sommelier, trained in Bordeaux, worked out in South Africa. And Tatiana, at the beginning when we trained as sommeliers, well, I was a waiter. Uh, she was training her sommeliers, but I was always inside the trainings and trying to get more knowledge when it came to wine. And she would say to me, Chris, if you want to be able to know what a lemon smells like, go to a supermarket, pick up a lemon, scratch it and smell it. So I thought this was like, okay, cool, I can do that. It cost me nothing. But it was a bit strange when you walk into a supermarket and people look at you funny when you pick up fruit and smell them and put it back down, you know. Uh, back in the day, we, we didn't have any issues with touching other people's fruit and vegetables. So this was quite an interesting time as well. So why do you think, or why do we think that it's so important that you need to be able to smell things? Well, it's the first perception that you get from a wine, right? When you sit down and you do either tasting or a uh, blind tasting or just a, a pure introduction to a wine or you're just sitting and you casually having a glass of wine you know the first thing they teach you in tasting is look at the color look at the viscosity look at the wonderful legs blah blah all that blah blah but the thing is your first real perception of a wine is when you put your nose in the glass and what you smell what you pick up what fruit um, are you smelling primary, secondary, tertiary characters? Are you smelling uh, things that are unique to the wines? You know, in in um, in some TV, the in the movie Som, uh, the master sommelier Ian McHale, he's he actually talks about wine that smells like. Uh, tennis balls, right? Uh, when you open a can of tennis balls, um, you know I had a I had a, uh, a winemaker in South Africa that actually said to me that Pinot Noir smelled like old rugby school socks because they were using old Pinot Noir clones. So you always will get these people telling you these weird and wonderful flavors, but at the end of the day, why you smell is because. You want to understand where this wine is going to take you. So, is it a fruit-driven wine? Is it a wine with a bit of age on it? Uh, is there manipulation in the cellar? Can you pick up the lease autolysis? Can you pick up the wood integration? Um, you know, is this a very ripe wine? Is this a very austere wine? Um, there are certain things, and I can tell you this off the bat, you cannot smell. You cannot smell sugar, you cannot smell tannin, you cannot smell acid. So don't think when you smell a wine, right, that is saying to you, oh, it's very ripe fruit, right? And then all of a sudden people say, oh, it's going to be sweet. No, you are smelling ripe fruit, right? If you smell a ripe peach, you think in your mind the connection that your brain is doing is that that peach is going to taste sweet.
So that's what your brain is telling you. But it's not necessarily true. Right? So those three things, keep that in mind as well. Another aspect of smelling a wine is to see if the wine is faulty. So there could be wine faults in the wine, right? So is the wine cork? So when it smells like uh, uh, wet cardboard or wet newspapers, for me it's a, a pack of wet newspapers. That's my immediate like, boom, it's cork. You know, is there things like, for instance, can you pick up the volatile acidity that smells sometimes like a bit of uh, vinegar, like uh, a balsamic vinegar for me as well? Uh, can you pick up that there's a lot of sulfur in the wine? Uh, that normally is a predominant smell of like uh, onion skins. or uh, When you peel an onion, it's got that kind of like ripe sulfuric acid kind of smell. Uh, there's other faults as well, like Mercaptans that smells like uh, rotten egg. Britannomyces, which is a big controversy because some people love it, some people hate it. For me, it smells like elastoplast or it's got some sort of a, almost like a um, nail, when you put on nail polish, that kind of, of a chemical kind of character to it. Um, so that is something that, you know, you pick up and want, but that is wine faults. So the question is, once you've assessed it by the nose, you could already tell yourself that there's quite a bit of things in this wine that you're either going to love or not, not like. So it's your first perception, it's your first indication of what you think of this wine. So once you're doing smelling, when you smell stuff, right, this is fairly important. The one thing I think saying that it's important is that to smell things is that we do not, you don't get born with a library of smells and references of what things smell like. It purely comes through practice and it comes through realizing being in the moment, being present and understanding flavors and things around you. Okay. So that's why smell and understand what you're smelling. <clears throat> if you're doing, say, for instance, a WACT course, and they take you through the SAT, which is the standard uh, tasting format that you need to do uh, or assess wines, they will tell you, okay, cool, you smell red fruit. But go into it. Start thinking, what red fruit are you smelling? Are you smelling raspberry? Are you smelling cassis? or currants, or are you smelling uh, blueberries or blackberries? Because that will also give you indication when you get to the assessment of the wine of what grape varietal it possibly can be, right? If you take something like a Chardonnay, there's very few Chardonnays in the world that's going to smell like passion fruit or gooseberry or uh, something like freshly cut grass. Because those flavors are associated with Sauvignon Blanc. Chardonnay is associated with more citrus fruit. That's why you will smell things to put that into your brain, into a library, right? A smell library. So then you, when you do the assessment, it can give you an indication of where you are going. It helps you along the way. It gives you more tools in your belt as a sommelier to become a better sommelier. Look, a blind tasting is probably one of the most difficult things to do as a sommelier because you're being challenged with all your senses. 
It is a great thing to do. And I am the first person that can tell you I love blind tastings because I love, as much as I love being right, I love being wrong as well. Because that teaches you that you are still a little tadpole that still needs to become a frog. And then maybe one day a prince of his master sommelier, right? But it humbles you because you think you know something. But at the end of the day, if you don't practice, if you don't do this the whole time, you will not get better. It's like an athlete. An athlete, a guy like, say, for instance, Usain Bolt, did not just wake up one day and say, I'm going to run the 100 meters. He actually played cricket first, then realized, hey, I'm a little bit faster than the normal guy. And he trained for years to get to the point where he can run 100 meters against the best in the world. And also, at the same time, when he go, runs the 100 meters, he doesn't just get up and say, hey, let me go run. He warms up for hours. So even before you go into blind tastings or tastings or assessments, you need to warm up. And these warm-ups is let yourself experience different smells. Good or bad, doesn't matter. But at least you have a point of reference. Another thing. Do not judge other guys or other sommeliers if they say they've never smelled something in their life. This is an opportunity to expose people to something that is unique and new and let them experience it as a new and a fresh, a first time experience in their life. That is so critical and so key. I come from a country, right, South Africa, we are blessed with beautiful fruits and vegetables and everything. Some people come from a country that is from a desert, right? You don't have access to all this fruit, fresh fruit and vegetables and things. So when I talk, when I talk about a Cape gooseberry, it's because I grew up on a farm being exposed to a Cape gooseberry. Most people have never seen a Cape gooseberry, a Phyllis fruit in their life. So expose people. If you realize somebody does not know what a fruit tastes or smell like, go to a supermarket, a kitchen or something like that and find the fruit, buy it, show them, share it with them. Most people have not experienced things like a kiwi fruit, right? Which is a flavor that you associate with a Sancerre Sauvignon Blanc. So expose it to each other. That's where we as a community will help also each other become better. At the end of the day, I'm sitting here, yes, I've got a little bit of a flu, and this is, again, in the same context, right? You have a flu, you cannot experience certain things, and it frustrates you. And then you realize even more how important it is to experience things like smell. That makes so much sense right now, right? So don't take it for granted. At the end of the day, we're all trying to be just better today than we were yesterday. So let's become better sommeliers by helping each other experience these things for the first time. Smell is important. Do not take it for granted. I have seen many people fall flat on their face because they take the smell part for granted. They go straight to the tasting. Don't. Smell first. Take your time. Assess. Understand. Whatever you see and smell there, to put that down because that will give you a good framework into when you start tasting wines as well. Thank you very much for uh, 
listening today. It's always great to be able to talk about things that you love. It's a it's a great opportunity. It's a great uh, thing that I can share with people. I love sharing and and gathering knowledge in my life. I think it's a f- cornerstone of who I am. Thank you also to everybody that's come to me and said, "Listen, great job. Keep it going." Um, I really appreciate the feedback, even if it's constructive. I really do appreciate it. a lot of people has come to me and said, "You know, love certain facts of it. Didn't like certain other things, which is fine. I don't, I'm, I don't mind it. We, we work in an industry where we are under critical or under the cloche, twenty four seven. Um, if you want to follow me on Instagram, uh, it's cook it up now. Uh, that's our platform where we share knowledge, information, tastings. Uh, if you are in Dubai, uh, direct message me, send me a text or something like that that we can actually connect. Uh, we also have a wonderful group called the Flight Club in Dubai, which is about 150 uh, sommeliers and junior sommeliers, where we actually do tastings, workshops, uh, gather to discuss wines, uh, sometimes just do a quick blind tasting as well, just to challenge each other. Uh, just DM us, cook it up now on Instagram. Um, and if you love what you hear, subscribe, share it, tag, follow. Um, the more we can get the word out there, I do appreciate it. Uh, because all we need to do is just share knowledge and share the love of wine. Because it's what's unifying us. And we don't understand sometimes that the power of wine is amazing. Because it puts you on a table with guests. You share your love of something that you can do every single day of your life. And you can make a small little change in somebody's life every single day by either making them happy for what they want or you introduce them to something that they've never had in their life before. So let's let's be that person. Let's be those better sommeliers. Uh, let's get this industry rocking again. Uh, let's get each other better. Let's support each other. Um, and yeah, otherwise have a great day. Cheers.